0: everybody. Welcome back to the postpartum coach podcast. I'm your host, Lizzie Langston. I've had quite a few new listeners here, so I just want to reintroduce myself every now and then. I've got three kids. I am a life coach for postpartum moms. I found this work after two debilitating episodes of postpartum depression and postpartum anxiety after baby number two and baby number three. I had my three kids in four years And genuinely looking back in hindsight, I had no idea that my thoughts create my feelings and I had no idea what to do with feelings. And just learning those two things over the last few years has changed everything in my family life. And life is so good, you guys. And frankly, it can be for all of us, even without zero, like any changes in our life. I actually learned through coaching to love my life first how it was. And then from that generous, abundant place to make changes from there in myself, in my family. It's been so beautiful and gosh, the blessings and the abundance that I've created in the world, the way I've served moms. And then in return, the way that they are now serving me right by paying me is just such a beautiful, gorgeous exchange. And I'm so full of happiness, just health. I feel prosperous. I feel contentment and I just feel gratitude, so much gratitude for the Lord guiding me on this journey. And for that moment when I was postpartum and I was in the thick of it and I asked God, please, like, if you help me out of this, because I'd already tried therapy, postpartum meds, antidepressants, right. And support groups, I would tried the system and what this health system offers us. And so I just like, kind of was my hail Mary. And that's when I found coaching and it's been what I needed. And so many women, in fact, I think it's what the system needs in addition to medical approach to mental health. So this is so empowering. I'm so glad you're here. If you're new, welcome. And um, here we go. So today we're going to talk about sleep training mindset postpartum. I'm going to just go ahead and brag for a minute. I really did well at sleep training all my kids really quickly. Now that could be a trigger point. That could be something for you guys that you immediately feel guilt and shame. And I want to invite you to uninvite the guilt and shame for a minute and just listen. Um, I'm not going to be sharing what I'm not going to be sharing today is how to sleep train, because it seems like there is a different way that different people like to do it. But what I am going to be talking about is what is the same for all of us, no matter how you choose to sleep train, which is the thoughts and the feelings. They might not be exactly the same, but there are very common thoughts and feelings that sort of trip us up and kind of get in the way of being able. If we want to, not everybody wants to, or cares about sleep training their child. But if this is you, there are certain thoughts and feelings or ways that we handle our feelings that really kind of get in the way and get between us and our baby learning how to get more sleep postpartum. So diving right in, what I want to do first is just share a couple of my favorite resources just to put them out there, just in case you don't already know, haven't gotten started. First, the book Baby Wise. Now this is a, maybe a controversial book. It's for sure quite outdated. Okay. So if you're like offended easily, you know, by like, I wouldn't say they're sexist or anything, but it's two PhD guys that wrote it in the eighties. And it's give it or take it. But like the thing is you don't have to love everything in the book, but the index where you can just look up answers to questions you have in the moment when you don't know how to respond to what's going on with your baby and you're trying to sleep train them. You don't want to do it wrong. So you kind of reinforce the wrong thing. I love the index to that book. Um, I loved learning about how hormones release during sleep and understanding how eating and sleeping and the hormones releasing help the whole cycle be regular and help babies sleep longer and eat better. So that was my favorite book that I used to sleep train my kids. Also on this podcast, episode 36, if you haven't listened to it, or even if you have, um, I interview sleep certified sleep consultant, Brittany Stefanik, and she gave a ton of tips for getting more sleep. They're mostly geared toward mom. I'm going to be honest. They're not geared toward getting your baby to sleep, but you can apply them to your baby. And if you ever want to know more from her, she does have more info than she shared on my podcast about sleep training and infant and all of that. So her website is sleeperteachers.com. Okay. So what is hard about sleep training, right? Once you've chosen how you're going to do it, the hardest thing is sticking to it, right? It's not that hard to be like, okay, there's a few books out there. I'll pick one. I'll read it. Okay. That sounds simple. I can do that. It's all the feelings that come up Once we set out to do it, and we often just don't want to feel those feelings because it feels terrible. And we have all these images in our mind of our baby suffering, and it just honestly can be so real. We can really be suffering. So today I want to talk about why that happens. What's contributing to our negative experience of sleep training, possibly, Um, For me, it was mostly a positive experience, but I do remember those moments laying in bed with my husband. We're both wide awake. Our hearts are pounding and we're like, we hope we're doing the right thing. You know, we read the book together. We talked about how we were going to do that evening and how we were going to make it through with my breasts getting full and pumping and like making, just making sure this baby can sleep and that we can sleep, right? That's the overall goal too. So we're going to talk about, why it can be a negative experience, and then really just a couple tips to really help you through it. I'm going to be offering some thoughts today. All right. So number one, choose the thoughts, not just the method. Okay. This is how life happens. Life happens in the flow of what I call the model. It's the main tool that I use with my clients, which is that there's a circumstance. So teaching my baby to sleep. That's a circumstance or my baby is a circumstance, right? The weather outside is a circumstance. Anything outside of us is a circumstance. And then we, our human brain has thoughts about every circumstance that makes us feel a feeling, which produces a sensation in our body. And then we take actions from the sensations in our body, right? So you take actions, like whether you stick to your sleep training method that night, or whether you get up and do what the book didn't say to do, because you're just like, ah. Right, it's whatever your feeling is, that's what you're going to take actions off of. And that creates our ultimate result. So here's an example. Circumstance, baby is crying in her bed. My thought maybe is she's suffering. Maybe that's what you're thinking like, oh, she's suffering, and then you feel guilt. So from the feeling of guilt, what your action is, what your behavior or what you do is you lay there and you're truly suffering. You're focused on the cries. You're not focused on the long-term benefits. It feels very painful. Um you make decisions for her based off of this guilt, right? Because of the guilt you're trying to kind of wiggle your way out of this moment. You're not wanting to, you're not able to, right? From the place of guilt, we're really not able to focus on even what's best for the baby. We don't have a clear vision of what that is. We're really just being guided by this emotion. We want to get out of the guilt. We're acting maybe from terror or worry. Maybe our brain is jumping to crazy conclusions. Now this probably all isn't just the guilt. This might be a little bit of other emotions too, but the point is when you're feeling guilt, you're going to be taking emotion from guilt. And then the result of this particular model, right? When you, th- when you're thinking the thought she's suffering and you're feeling guilt and you're laying there completely torn. Cause that's what guilt does. It kind of tears us between two different ways of doing something. We suffer. We are suffering, right? So our thought is the baby's suffering, but now we are suffering. If our thought is the baby's experiencing trauma, we are very traumatized by trying to sleep train a circumstance, baby crying in her bed. Here's an alternative model. So now I'm going to take the same circumstance. Baby's crying in her bed, but let's try a new thought on. Maybe we think something like I'm giving her the gift of learning how to soothe herself so she can have longer stretches of sleep. Okay. So I'm teaching her how to soothe herself. The feeling is peace. It's like, even though it's hard, I have this grounded peace. Like I'm teaching her something truly teaching her something that will bless her or help her. Right. So maybe my action as I'm laying there in the bed and I can hear her is I, I look at the monitor from a place of peace and I feel love for her. I don't feel terror or worry. I don't feel, Oh, I have to get out of bed. I just feel like so much love and compassion that for the first time, my sweet little baby is learning something for herself. And that's so exciting for her. Right. And like, it's hard, it's hard for her, but from a loving grounded place, because I know that what I'm doing is a gift because of my thought, right? I'm not saying it's a gift, but this might be a gift that you think I'm giving her the gift of learning how to soothe herself so she can have longer stretches of sleep. When you think this thought, you feel peace. And so the way you go about feeling everything and kind of interpreting her crying is from a peaceful place. Did you know that sleep training, even with her crying can be peaceful? It all just depends on how you are thinking about it. Now, maybe you don't want it to be peaceful. Maybe you want to be worried. And so I'm also going to talk about other things we can do besides thinking these new thoughts that can help you access peace and calm, even if your baby's crying. But that is part, I mean, the name of the game with sleep training is really just your mindset around baby crying whatever your thoughts are around her discomfort are going to create your discomfort. And that's going to drive your action and being, whether you can actually follow through and do the sleep training or interrupt it and go in and, you know, go off of whatever way of method you've chosen. So this is about you and your feelings. Okay. So Some thoughts I will offer to finish up this first point of choosing the thoughts, not just the method, right? Because the method is the actions, but you have to have thoughts, strategic thoughts behind your actions that the method tells you. I want to just say that if you are going to do what the book says, but you have thoughts that the book didn't offer you like, I don't know if this is going to work or that could really hurt her, but you're trying to do the method, but you haven't cleaned up these thoughts that are in direct opposition to the method you've chosen. No method's going to work. You can try all the methods. You have to align your thoughts with the action. Okay. So here are some thoughts that you could align with whatever method you choose. One sleep is a gift to both of us. Two, we can do hard things together, me and my baby for the good of both of us. Three, this is our first bonding experience where we come through something together. Four, this is her work. This is her job and her body knows how to sleep. Her body wants to sleep, right? Five, I will be feeling negative feelings with her and we will both be healthier in the end. Six, this is totally for her good so she can learn to support herself and let her body do what it wants to do and needs to do. Seven, when I leave her in her bed, she's better able to learn how to soothe herself. Eight, me not going in there keeps me out of the way of her learning. Nine, when I teach her to sleep, I will get more sleep, which will help me be a better mom to her him, right? 10. My own sleep is just as important as her comfort. 11. Sleep is a skill. And 12. Just because I let her cry doesn't mean I'm harming her or that she is harmed. And just on this note, I want to say like there's research out there that will show you whatever you want to believe there's research that will show you, right? Like research is just numbers, but people's interpretation and the words they put on research is subjective. And so, what I want to offer you is that some studies are going to tell you that babies experience trauma, or that they are harmed, or that they are dis, you know, not benefited by um, you leaving them to cry and go to sleep. And then some studies are going to tell you that. If you don't do that, if you don't let them cry and fall asleep, or maybe they don't cry, honestly, not all babies do, but let's just say they do. That seems to be the biggest pain point for moms. Then they're going to, you know, there could be a negative relationship with you later on. If you and them are both tired, they can develop learning disabilities. Um, They might not be able to know how to soothe themselves as they get older. And that can be create bigger problems. And so like there's negative and positive on both sides, are you willing to face the negative so you can get to the positive? That's really what it comes down to. Okay. Tip number two, that's really going to help you with sleep training is being willing to feel and allow all your feelings. Now I talk about how to process your feelings specifically in episode 42. So episode 42 is how to process your emotions instead of reacting to them. And that's going to be really helpful when you're in the moment with sleep training. So if that's, if this is a struggle for you, Jeff, definitely review episode 42, but let's say the sleep training method you chose requires letting the baby cry. Again, I'm going to use this because from my clients and just my own experience and the moms out there, this seems to be the hardest part of sleep training is just letting them cry and all of the thoughts and feelings we experience during those moments. And let's just assume that this is something you have a really hard time with. So what does it mean when we're having a hard time quote or struggling with something I guess what we're really saying here is we're feeling a negative emotion, right? When you say, Oh, it's so hard to sleep train, or I struggle with sleep training. It's that you feel a negative emotion when your baby might be feeling a negative emotion. We don't even know if they experience emotions the same way we do. Maybe they do. Maybe they don't like, they don't have thoughts, right? You have all these thoughts that cause you really dramatic pain. Like trauma isn't a thought or I'm hurt or I'm sad. These are not thoughts that a baby has. It depends. Again, it depends kind of on what age you're sleep training for sure. But just remember if this helps at all, that your baby's not feeling your, the emotions like you might think they are. And so don't get into your baby's business and try to like make decisions from a place of, all this worry about your baby's pain when your baby's body knows how to sleep and the pain he or she might be feeling is probably a lot more reactive and a lot more almost animalistic, like their body's just, um, doing this for their own instinct rather than, all of the sadness like mom where'd you go why am i alone like all of that. So if that helps. Now if you feel callous or you don't like that mindset, just leave it. Don't think about it that way, but if you would like to, it's available to you and um I will just say that always you need to make sure your baby's gaining enough weight, right? And if you're concerned about weight or about your milk supply and that they're actually hungry and they need more food and that's why they're crying, like if you have any doubts about that, you're going to want to resolve those doubts for sure before you try to sleep train, because it's not going to be sustainable to sit there and try to do this protocol that the book says with sleep training, when you're genuinely concerned that she might be hungry. Okay. And, or, or that she's going through a growth spurt or anything like that. So you do have to manage your thoughts around that and definitely check in with your doctor and your mother's intuition and be tracking her growth, be tracking her, um, sleeping and the weight gain so that you are kind of in the know with that so that it's not at the back of your mind when you're sleep training. But when it comes to being willing to allow your feelings, right? That moment when the baby's crying, if you have a thought that you love, that's really like, you're very convinced that this is the best thing to do for your baby. That's great. That's kind of what we just went over in the first point, but you also still might have thoughts like this, this is so hard, or I hate this, or, Ugh, I don't like hearing her cry. And that's totally normal. You probably will have thoughts like that. And it doesn't mean that you need to stop sleep training, especially if you really like your reasons for sleep training, whether it's to help you get more sleep or baby or both. But if you do have those mother thoughts that just like gnaw at you, you can also just allow them You don't have to react to them by getting up and just going and holding your baby if you don't want to, right? If your higher self really just believes that your baby needs to learn how to sleep for the betterment of your family. And that's your decision. Then when these thoughts come up, what you can do is just process the emotion and sit with it. So I'll give you an example. You're laying in bed and the baby's crying and you and your husband look at each other and you're holding hands. You're just like, this is so hard. He's like, I know. Or maybe he's passed out snoring, (laughs) right? But either way, so you're laying there and you have this thought like I hate this and you feel maybe despair. I'm trying to guess what your feeling might be or whatever thought you fill in the blank for your own thought. Then what do you feel? And so instead of just getting up out of your bed and, and changing the circumstance to change your feeling, you can actually just get better at feeling that feeling, that negative emotion, whatever it is, to the extent that you're willing to allow negative emotion and to the extent that you know how to, which is episode 42 processing emotions, sleep training will instantly become easier. And then the last tip I have for us today is prioritize your sleep just as much as you prioritize baby's comfort. We are so apt to want to make sure that baby is comfortable. And this is actually where we can go to such extreme lengths to just keep baby happy and make sure he doesn't cry and make sure he's comfortable that we actually put ourselves under a lot of pressure. We neglect ourselves and this can be the breeding grounds for anxiety and depression. Here's what this looks like. This typically looks like a mom, one of us, right? Who we know we need to get more sleep. It's very clear to us that the way, the amount of sleep we're getting is not going to be possible to continue on. It's not sustainable. So you know that maybe, you know, that loud and clear, it's like obvious and You also feel like you're at kind of a stalemate because, on the one hand, you know you need to get enough sleep, like more sleep than you're getting. Let's say you're getting three to five hours or less than that. And you're like, this isn't gonna be able to work. I'm not gonna be, I can't help my older kids like this. I'm getting anxious. I'm getting to the point where I'm so overtired, I can't fall asleep. But on the other hand, when it comes to actually finding a way to help your child sleep, you get anxious and your anxiety gets the better of you and you can't actually make a plan. You just keep trying things and feeling worked up about it. And it perpetuates the cycle of exhaustedness and exhaustion. <laughs> I guess that's the better word. Um, but never do you actually fix the problem. So this is how you know that anxiety is creeping in postpartum is when you are knowing that you need to take care of yourself in a certain way, but you're not actually finding a way to do that so many times. And especially if you already know, like if you already know how to sleep train, you've read all the books or whatever. A lot of times where that's going to land you is just in the land of anxiety, where your anxiety is getting in between you and being able to sleep train. And so that's exactly what I help my moms with. Okay. So in order for your child to go to sleep, your child has to feel settled and relaxed. And in order for you to sleep train your child, you need to feel settled and relaxed. And you can't do that when you're feeling anxious. And so without even realizing it, your anxiety has slipped itself in between you and what you're trying to accomplish with your child with sleep training. So I offer free hour long consults and on the consult, I'm going to show you and talk you through how I help women get the anxiety out of the way so that they can do a whole host of things. Sleep training your child is one of the most important and it's, but it's just one of them. There's also connecting with your husband, you getting your, you being able to fall asleep. There's also finding a balance between the housework and resting all of these things. Anxiety totally gets in between us and our coherent logical self that is able to find solutions and, Live our life in a way where we're taking care of ourselves and our kids. So, if you really struggle to sleep train and you know you need to, and you feel like you've learned quite a bit about it, but you're not being able to, I want to invite you to work on anxiety with me. I want to invite you, if you are not already my client, because this is something my clients and I are working on, but if you're not my client, then let's get you working on that anxiety and I can help you and show you my tools and learn more about your situation on a free 60-minute consult. The link is lizzylangston.com forward slash consult and it's also gonna be in the outro and I will talk to you guys next week. Take care. Hey, Lizzie here. I've helped dozens of postpartum moms just like you to manage their postpartum anxiety and deconstruct their postpartum depression. It's really easy for me. So if you're ready to feel better, I know the way. Let's chat on the phone. Set up a time by going to lizzylangston.com forward slash consult. It's pretty simple and I will be calling you soon.